I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Porzingis finds Green. Green turned away. What? Okay. <laughs> He's going dirt on us. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and join me. Hold on. I was peeking. Three. Three. Two. One. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The winning way wonder, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? The Mavs are back. Let's oh, go. Fi- finally. I was so worried about a four-game losing streak. I was like, oh, it's just going to be four games Actually- in a row and... We were pretty confident. I was pretty confident, yes. But, yes, but I, yes. It's, it's still in the back of your mind like, man, what if they do lose this game, though? What is it going to be like? And they came out, and, man, the Mavericks look good in this one. Yeah, so yesterday, uh, on yesterday's pod, I, I jumped on uh, with Tony East of Locked On Pacers, and he asked me at the very end, he's like, all right, I got to ask you, who's winning the game, Mavs Pacers? And I said straight up, I was like, Mavs are winning this game, hands down. I I think that's a lock. I don't think there's any way that the Mavericks are going to lose four games. They're so desperate for a win. Luke and those guys want to win so bad. And not to say that they don't ever game, but it was it was just set up for a Mavericks win. Pacers are missing a lot of players too. So uh, big time course correction win for the Mavericks tonight. Oh, absolutely. Definitely a, a win that they needed, just not because of the record, but because – morale reasons and all kinds of stuff there's a an interesting morale booster that the Mavericks also added so that's going to be interesting we'll talk about that in a little bit Uh, on today's show we're going to break down the Mavericks 124 to 112 win over the Indiana Pacers both teams shorthanded and I think equally so shorthanded right I think uh, maybe the Pacers could have used one extra guy to make it a little more even but the Mavericks uh, pulled this one out still without Josh Richardson Dorian Finney-Smith uh, Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell, so five, you know, four rotation players there. Jalen Brunson's back. Tim Hardaway Jr.'s hitting shots. Uh, Trey Burke hitting shots. Luka Doncic only took 15 shots and only had three turnovers, but he got a triple double. The the 13-12 and 12, not a line that it's like a, a Jason Kidd line, basically that line 13-12 and 12. Well, that's the you know I, I think there's a. A conversation to be had right now that I seen you answering some tweets about it tonight. You know, I got a few tweets about just Luca being passive right now. And I I do think I don't think it's just Luca, you know, after the Toronto game, he he had the box and one. And when you have guys like Wes Wandu, Josh Green, these guys on the floor, other teams, they're naturally going to dare just the other guys to hit shots and to trap Luca. And I don't think it's just Luca making the right pass and Luca just saying, Hey, I'm going to hit the open guy. I do think there is something to it. I don't know what the percentage of that, but kind of like how LeBron, especially in like playoff games, you see this LeBron's so smart with this of saying like, you can see how he's playing of, I want to get my other guys going. And I don't know if this is a for sure thing with Luca that, and I could see it that he's looked at, you know, the team lately and said, you know what? I'm going to take a couple of games here and say, I'm going to try to get my guys involved. I'm going to try to get these guys more involved than he does. He already does that really, really well. 
But I think he's he's making an even bigger point at that. There were different times tonight. I think James Johnson even grabbed him one time in the second half, like shoot the ball because he had he threw like a lob to Willie when he had a you know a layup. But I just think he is making a a conservative effort to get the ball to the guys more and not take as many shots. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing or a good thing. I just think it's something that he's he's really doing right now. He's making a concerted effort. What I say? He's a conservative effort. <laughs> he's very liberal in the way that he's passing right now. That's he's what, very liberal. What you're trying to say? Send me all the uh, Bernie memes today. All the too. Bernie uh, memes. Loved all the Bernie memes. There's there's some good ones in, today. Uh, yeah, Luca. So he only takes 15 shots. He only hits five of them, by the way. Uh, 13 points, 12 assists, though. That's kind of the big thing for him. And yeah. he is. He, so they were getting. He was getting trapped. How many wasted assists, though? <laughs> a, a bunch in this game. He was he was getting trapped. They were running the box in one, which we expected. We talked about that yesterday. And he is making the right pass, I think. He's making the right play, and he's not forcing the issue. I wonder if parts of him in that game where he had 30 in the first half and the Mavericks still lost. What was that? that was a Raptors game, right? Or Bulls. Bulls game, sorry. Bulls game. Red. Red. The uh, – he scores 30 in the first half. And then the second half, he's just gas. Like he doesn't have any more. And he's like that. I think that's when that light that you said, that LeBron light where he's like, I got to get my teammates involved and start doing that first, especially a team like this, especially when you can't trust guys to just be ready whenever, right? They have to get in some kind of rhythm. Like Burke apparently has to get in some kind of rhythm. Hardaway's a guy that maybe you can expect to be ready whenever, but some of these other guys, you know, Willie Colley Stein, even James Johnson, Josh Green, even Porzingis, that you have to get them, start getting them going and start setting stuff up for them because you can't just expect them to be ready after long, long stretches of not touching the ball, right? And so I think that's part of it. And I think that's when that really clicked for him that I can't just do this myself. I have to actually get them involved. And so, it, I mean, it worked. And the credit the Mavericks, but also credit the Pacers defense. I mean, the Pacers defense really struggled. They were without Miles Turner, and so they just had nobody in the paint. Uh, Demonis Sabonis is their only real big man that played in this game. Jakar Sampson played one shift, basically, when Sabonis was out. And uh, Sabonis was, was in a little foul trouble there. He may have played the whole game if he didn't get in foul trouble a little bit. And Sabonis is not the best defender either. He's definitely not you know, rim protector. The first half, it was basically just... It was basically just Sabonis would lose Porzingis off of a cut, right? How many cuts did did Porzingis make? And he oh. or rolls to the basket, and he was just wide open for a dunk or you know layup or something. And so he was just losing him. But then on the other end, Sabonis would take it right at Porzingis and just score on him because he's just a really good low post scorer. And it was like, who's gonna win this, right? <laughs> who's gonna let up more on defense? And that seemed to be the the case, but. Then the Mavericks pulled this one out, and they pulled it out only hitting eight eight threes and hit most of them. All four, they hit four of those eight in the fourth quarter, right? They didn't hit many yeah. before then. They were they were really low on the the three pointers, which hey, uh, they didn't really need them too much in this game. That that's what you know. I, I tweeted after the game. We've said this a thousand times on this podcast. Good teams have to be able to win different ways. You have to, and it, you know, whether it's a defensive matchup or just outscoring people, and hey, you're gonna win a game one forty to one thirty, something like that. You know the Mavericks are going to be able to shoot a ton of threes. They're going to attempt a ton of threes. You know Luka Doncic is going to be able to put up 30 and 40 points in a game here and there and have these crazy stat lines and triple doubles. But look at this game. They put up 122 points. 
They only hit eight threes. They only attempted 27, which is crazy thing about because last year they attempted 41 a game and they only attempted 27 this game. They only hit eight of them. Luca only had 13 points in this game and they still put up 122 points in a win. And this is an example of winning a basketball game different. And only 17 free throws. They weren't getting to the line. The refs just were not calling yeah. stuff. I mean, what was the play? At the, was it the end of the half or maybe the end of the third quarter where the, Luka gets past the ball and TJ McConnell just comes out of nowhere and he fouls him and then somebody else comes and he fouls him and then he gets fouled again on the floor and they just don't call anything. Luka's sitting there on the ground looking up at the ref and the, he, the ref goes, no foul, no foul. And you're like, how could there not be a foul? He was knocked to the ground and the ball was knocked away from him from you know a weird angle. So they just were not calling stuff. Luka only took four free throws in this game. And... Uh, the, the Mavericks were able to uh, – they, they kind of also played played their game in a sense, not not just threes, but they didn't turn the ball over. They had eight turnovers in this game, which is huge. That's something the Mavericks have really you know, been good at, but they uh, have struggled as of late. And so that, – That first quarter, speaking of turnovers, I remind – that first quarter – probably a top three quarter uh, of mine for this whole, you know, whole season so far, 37 points in the quarter, zero turnovers that quarter. I mean, the ball movement was just insane between on 16 ev- made, made field goals. Exactly. I mean that, that right there is just insane to think about Trey Burke, 12 points off the bench in that first quarter. Porzingis had 10 points in, in that first from the very beginning and Trey Burke talked about this after the game, they were expecting that box in one. They're expecting all the crazy defenses and stuff that Indiana's going to throw out there because their head coach, the disciple of Nick nurse who runs that box in one and stuff. And they just, you know, Toronto just used it against Dallas, but they were prepared for it. They started running, you know, initiating their offense kind of early, earlier than normal. Luca was kind of welcoming the, that trap, you know, higher, more closer to half court, creating more space. And when you're going to give Luca Doncic space, he's either going to score or he's going to hit the perfect pass. And it felt like we were watching some like Broadway show out there <laughs> when Luca is just hitting these perfect perfect dime of passes whether it's oops whether it's just hitting guys in the paint and where he's i mean like 15 feet away from him or hitting the opposite corner i mean willie collie stein porzingis whoever it was luca just kept hitting them with these perfect passes i mean he was just carving them up like they're a dish about to be served (laughs) so i luca even though it's not a crazy triple double he still had a triple double but it was a everything started with luca tonight oh absolutely and it always does right and yeah. he was able to take advantage of a lot of things that the Pacers were giving up, and he's going to find that, right? He's going to find the, the crease in the defense. So coming up, there's a, a, a change that was made, right? The starting lineup was different. The Mavericks did not start two bigs. They just started Porzingis, and, you know, Josh Green, I guess, was your center, right? Josh <laughs> or, or your four or whatever you want to call him. And so I want to talk about that and talk about whether it's Porzingis playing at the five or the four because apparently – Kristaps Porzingis has a preference, and he said it on yeah. the post-game broadcast, and so we want to talk about it. He thinks that's the reason why he played better in this game. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, rockauto.com is the one place that you should go to check out auto parts that you need for your car. If you have a piece that needs to be changed, even a taillight, even you know carpets in your car, if you have if anything that needs to be changed in your car, rockauto.com has that part for you. And Chain stores are going to have different prices for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. They're going to have those deals that they make where they're, they're sending parts to a dealership and all that kind of stuff. They're sending parts to a, a mechanic shop. But rockauto.com has those same prices that they would get for everybody all across the board. Their prices are the same for everybody. They're reliably low, offer the lowest prices, and uh, 
they uh, everybody that either you do have a membership to rockauto.com or you don't, it's going to be the same for you. So go check out their catalog. It's remarkably easy to navigate. You just put the make and model year of your car and they're going to bring up all the parts they have available for your car. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How did you hear about us box? And they know that we sent you again right in locked on in there in that How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris. So, Christoph Porzingis starts at the five next to Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., Brunson, and Josh Green. You got Josh Green playing the four, I guess, basically. Six, 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 Josh Green. That's a pretty small. I guess Luca was playing the four. He was six, eight. <laughs> He's the second, second dollars guy, but... They were playing against the, the Pacers. The Pacers started Sabonis, Brogdon, our our old friend Doug McDermott, Edmund Sun, Edmund Sunner, and then uh, the 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 Mavs should trade for him or sign him every single year, like Memorial Justin Holiday. That's he's he's always a guy oh, that yeah. people are like, should they should they get Justin Holiday? And so they started a small lineup. They didn't have any. They didn't have a lot of bigs. Gogo Batazzi didn't play at all in this game, right? I don't. I don't nope. think he saw a minute. Not at Pacer, all. Coach's uh, Tony, decision, by the way. Yeah, Tony East from Locked On Pacers was like, I thought they were trying to get minutes for him. They just didn't even try it. Try to play him in this game. He was confused by it, and uh, you know they didn't really have any other bigs. So Miles Turner was out. Mentioned T.J. Warren out. Uh, Karis Avert obviously out in this game, and so. Porzingis starts at the five, and he has his best game so far this season for sure, right? 27 points, 13 boards, five of them on the offensive end, four assists for him as well. He got a block, and he was 12-15 from the field. Only hit one three, but he only took three threes, so it's not like he was launching a bunch of threes. He actually only took, like, I'm going to pull it up right now. He only took five shots outside of the paint. Two of them were little, like, baseline Mm. jumpers that he made. One of them was a three, and the other two were that he made, and the other two were threes that he missed. And everything else was in the paint around the rim. He was finishing off rolls. He was finishing off those those second-chance points because Sabonis was either boxed out by somebody else. But was it just because he started at the five? Like, what do we, what do we, what do we gain from this? Is it the answer is Porzingis at the five, which is the best lineup? We already knew this. Like we, we've talked about this yeah. all offseason, all season. And that's one of the reasons why we're like, not, let's not get Drummond or Steven Adams or one of these other guys because – their best lineup is going to be Porzingis at the five. But what does this mean for the regular season? Should they be going for that more? Should they be starting that more? Was it just because he started at the five? Was it just because the Pacers defense was bad? What do we take from this? Yeah, it's hard to think about it from a regular season perspective because, you know, it's so much different than the playoffs. I mean, even Rick said, you know, after the game that if Turner played, he said we probably still would have started big. He said we would have, you know, went small earlier, but just him admitting that that hey, we probably would have, you know, stayed big if Turner played in this they game. They should have, but they, yeah, but they, but they didn't, you know, but Turner didn't play, so they went small. So it was a perfect game to do that. It's just how many of these teams out there have a, you know, two big guys or have a guy that you might not want KP down their garden. Like they were okay with KP garden Sabonis tonight, but is there a matchup that they go against in another game to where they want a bigger body or they want a Willie Cauley Stein or something like that out there? I don't know to start regular season games. That's the key. I think to close games, this will be their thing. KP will be at the five. I think when it comes to the playoffs, you will see this lineup, him at the five, be the majority of you know majority of the most uh, efficient lineup for the Mavericks because it. There's no doubt about it. This is the best version offensively 
for Kristaps Porzingis and the Mavericks. You saw it before the bubble. You've seen it again tonight. An example of that. There's so much space. He wants that. He talked about it after the game and how it's easier for him. He talked about the spacing of it, being the five-man. When you set the pick as a five-man and his ability to roll to the basket, when you don't have a Willie Cauley-Stein or another big in there, it just creates more space because you have shooters on the perimeter. You don't have the guy in the short corner there or on the block. So it it just opens up a whole different area of KP's game of being the five. And it's kind of weird to think about because it's different systems. You know, you see a guy like Anthony Davis who wants to be the four, you know, he's like very adamant, you know, all the stories have been written. It's like, Oh, I want to play the four and I don't want to play the five. And Porzingis, it's like, he wants to play the five. You know, he wants to do that because it helps him Which, offensively too. So tell me if I'm wrong, but I remember Porzingis saying a similar thing. He wanted to play the four when he came into Dallas and now he's changed it. Maybe because he knows the system now and understands how it I is. Can't remember. I can't I feel like it was the same thing because I remember when I worked for, uh, when I worked for Free Dawkins, I was going to do a video on guys that wanted to play the four instead of the five and why playing the five was so hard on guys. And yeah, I thought that that was interesting, but maybe that was not the case. You guys can remind me on, on Twitter. I'm sure you will. But Porzingis playing the five. The, the, we talked all about the Mavericks playing. I love that low key shade. Playing a, playing a, playing a, you know, a bullpen approach for the center spot. Have all kinds of different centers that they can play. And so they're not just putting all their resources and allocating everything into just one guy. And the reason why that is is because it's easy to push that guy to the side and play Porzingis or in the past to play Dirk at that five and that be your best offensive, you know, unit. And they now have a guy that they could do that with in Porzingis. So that's the, one of the reasons why they like that bullpen approach is because they don't have an Embiid. They don't have a Towns. They don't have a guy that you just yeah. play there at the five. You can play somebody next to Porzingis. He can still stretch the floor and do things that fours do. And then come playoff time or come a game that you actually need and want, you play Porzingis at the five. So I think it's a both scenario for this game, right? I think the Pacers defense was bad. I think that Porzingis was able to get whatever he wanted at the rim because Sabonis was coming out to trap. Porzingis was coming up to set a screen. And then Luca would pull this, pull both of the, you know, pull both defenders all the way away from the basket. Like he would pull them 40 feet out from the basket and then Porzingis would just be there. And not everybody can make that pass, right? Like, Probably anyone yeah. else in the Mavericks, if they tried that, or probably anybody on the Pacers, too, if they try to pass like that, it gets picked off by somebody. But Luka just can pinpoint those passes right there, hit Porzingis in stride, and he can dunk really easily because he's freaking seven foot three. <laughs> and so part of I think it was it was it was twofold, right? Yes, Porzingis yeah. is also going to get more space because he's not playing with a Willie Colley Stein or a Boban where they're just standing in the paint and then their defender comes over and helps, right? But that gets you excited about Maxi. At least it gets me excited about Maxi because, you know, you say Maxi and Dorian, I guess, to to play the four. But there's going to be some matchups that Maxi will give you the spacing, but he's also you're not giving up kind of big defense. Yeah, he's kind of big enough too to where you know a guy might be too physical for Dorian, you know, beneath, but not for Maxi. So Maxi is that like blend that I think him and KP together. I could be wrong. I mean, they could start together and it just be horrible matchup. But I think that I feel like that's a a great pairing when Maxi's back. In my mind, the best Mavericks lineup is Luca Porzingis. And then the three guys that are out, right? Maxi, Dorian, and Josh Richardson, because that maximizes your defense. Really, really good defense. And you can put in you can put in Tim Hardaway instead of Dorian if you want more offense or more shooting. But I think that's your your best 
balanced lineup, right? You have your three yeah. best defensive players with Porzingis as your rim protector, Luca as your roamer type guy. And then on offense, you have floor spacer and I guess Dorian and Maxi and Porzingis. Josh Richardson could do some stuff and then Luca doing his thing. So I think that's your best lineup, but we haven't even seen it yet. We haven't even seen the Mavs' best closing lineup we yet. Haven't. We'll see which one is better. Maybe it is Tim instead of Dorian, but yeah, I think that, that that's a huge thing for the Mavericks. Porzingis starting at the five. So after the game, we should mention this. He specifically said, actually, let's just play this. Uh, I have this, this audio. Porzingis after the game, this is what he said about playing the five. And uh, he said this on the broadcast. I'm sure a lot of you guys saw it on Fox Sports Southwest. Yeah, um, I think it's it's when I'm playing at the five. You know, that's, okay. that's so much so much easy, so much more easier for me because then I have the the, the option to pop or to roll. And, uh-huh. and and more times I see the opportunity to roll, especially tonight. I rolled, got easy ones, post up. When I posted up, I I, I, I saw opportunities to kick out to my teammates, get open looks, and and tonight I was really feeling 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 well out there. And, and, uh, and yeah, and Luca did a great job of getting everybody involved, driving the ball, kicking it out to their teammates. Tim played great. Jalen, Trey was 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 great for us. So everybody everybody did a great job tonight, and it was a team effort. There's Porzingis giving you know giving credit to Luca, giving credit to the teammates for making great passes. But he likes the option of being able to roll and to pop. And and coming up, let's get into this. Let's talk about Porzingis at the five and why he thinks it's the best option for him. And should the Mavs keep doing this or can they still start a five next to him, right? What is the wear and tear balance? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, betonline.ag. We told you guys yesterday, put some money down on the Mavericks. Hope you did. They were a one-point underdog against this Pacers team. We were feeling, we were feeling a good uh, Mavericks win. So you guys should have won some money there. The game's coming up tonight. If you're listening to this on Thursday, Lakers Bucks. That's a good one. That's at that's at 6:35 Central Time. The Bucks are a one and a half point favorite over the Lakers. I'm not sure about that one. I know you hate the Lakers with in your entire being, but I might take that one. Lakers coming off a pretty disappointing loss, and so maybe they're wanting to come back. And then Jazz Pelicans again. This one might be a gimme. Uh, the Jazz destroyed the Pelicans in their first matchup. The Pelicans' defense just could not handle the Jazz. And the Jazz are only a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. So go check out betonline.ag. All kinds of odds. They don't just have NBA. They have NFL, too. We'll be talking about that as the week goes on. But check out betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account and use that promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Again, check out the daily NBA games. Check out props they have as well for the NBA. They also have NFL games, conference championships this weekend, on to the Super Bowl. They also they already have Super Bowl lines. We put that out on uh, LOCKEDON NFL pods. So go check that out. And uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN. Receive a 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, Isaac Harris. So, Christoph Porzingis, before we took a break there, said that he likes being at the five because he likes the option of rolling or popping. It's kind of interesting to me because it makes you think that if there's a five playing next to him. He doesn't have the option of rolling. He just, he's only allowed to pop. And so that yeah. some of our frustration has been, ah, oh, he never, never sets a full screen. He always pops. Seems like that's the game plan, right? Like that, that's, that's why, you know, a lot of times when he's playing with another big in there, you kind of see him in the maxi corner a little bit, right? You see him just, you see him in the corner 
And I'm not saying it never works because how many times tonight, even you think about tonight, how many times did Luca run a pick and roll with like a Willie or somebody else, or he broke, uh, broke through the initial line of defense. And then you saw KP, you know, breaking from the corner. And then, I mean, I feel like we had like two or three lobs in a row that, you know, Luca was just hitting, you know, poor Zingas, uh, cutting from the corner there. But that's the thing. Yeah. It's like when he, if he's going to be the one setting the screens as a big, then if there's another big out there, like a Willie, Willie's going to be on the block. I mean, Willie, even if Willie's out in the corner or out on the wing, they're going to leave Willie open. I don't care how many Instagram videos he, you know, he put out this summer. <laughs> they're going to leave, they're going to leave Willie open. So, but if, but naturally he's probably going to be on the block. So therefore his defenders Who's there. And then it now? just, it just, uh, <laughs> Willie did over the summer. And <laughs> KP, when he rolls to the basket, it's just, it clogs the lane. But you take Willie out, you put a, sh- a shooter out there in the corner, then KP does have the option. Hey, I can pick and pop, or I can roll to the basket because I'm 7'3 and dunk on somebody or whatever. So I, I get why he likes that for sure. And we're going to see this again on Friday night against the Spurs. You look at the Spurs last night, they started against the Warriors, LaMarcus Aldridge and Keldon Johnson yeah. in their front court. We're going to see the same lineup again, probably. And we're probably going to see KP feast again at the five. Yeah, this is what makes Porzingis one of you know the best big men in the league, right? This option of being able to roll to the rim as well as pop. And what makes Luka and Porzingis a good duo. Like, I've seen people, this is probably crazy people, but I've seen people say, I don't know about Luka and Porzingis as a duo. I don't know if they work. Hold on. We just haven't seen them in their most you know optimal yeah, yeah, yeah. spot. And so they should be running Porzingis more at the five, you know, during like during games but i don't think that he should do it like solely they shouldn't be the only thing that the mavericks do because i do think there is some wear and tear there he's banging down yeah. down low with with sabonis and so i think some of that is some you know some wear and tear well porzingis is i think it's, it's the card you hold in your back pocket it's right. kind of like the kd steff pick, and, pick roll and roll back yeah. in the golden state days they would like hold it off you keep it for the playoffs and not saying it's like your death lineup type of thing, but it's kind of like the Mavericks own version of that. I think at some play. point it's your, it's your, your goats like death lineup play, right? Yeah, that, that's the move. And I love how he acknowledged this too, because we actually had this conversation on this podcast the other day of saying Porzingis where he's adjusting the most right now is not offensively. It's defensively. Yeah. That's where he's still getting his legs back and his rhythm back. He acknowledged that after the game tonight saying, I feel like I'm still like a split second late. He said, there's still like a 15% there. And there were some plays like a Doug McDermott layup that he, he contested. I think, you know, pre whatever injury he's blocking that. There's no reason for McDermott to score over him, but that's the stuff that defensively he's still working himself back. And we got to give him a little bit more time defensively compared to offense. You know, what's going to really help with his timing. Uh-oh. playing with Maxi Kleba, who's actually a really good defensive big and is yeah. always in the right spot, right? Like if Maxi is there, Maxi is the one face guarding Sabonis and then Porzingis just comes over for the block. Timing something when you're coming as a helper instead of like somebody barreling right at right at you is so different. You can time stuff so much better because you have a couple extra seconds to make that decision. And so I think that's going to help him a lot. Um, playing with Willie Colley-Stein, you know, he's been a good, he's been a decent stopgap guy for the Mavericks, but like we've said, he shouldn't be your starting starting center. He shouldn't be in closing lineups, and Maxi should be, and so that's going to help him a lot. He's actually, you know, a good defensive center. Can, are, do you have another point about Porzingis, or can we talk about something else? Not Porzingis. I was going. I was actually going to go back to the game as a whole. I think another thing for the Mavericks, just like focusing in on this game, going back to saying I didn't think Mavericks are going to lose four in a row. They really wanted this game. They needed this game. Rick shortened the rotation. 
You know, basically yeah. only eight eight guys played. Iwandu, you know, played a minute and fifty four uh, seconds than he uh, more than he should have. And then <laughs> Tyler Bay, Hinton, Bobon, Tyrell Terry, none of those guys, you know, <laughs> even checked into the game. I'm really so, surprised Bobon didn't get some time, especially with how bad that they were in the paint. Like I think Bobon could have had like eighteen points in this game, but they decided they, they sure. wanted the defense, and so they just they went in that direction. Yeah, so eight man rotation. Uh, basically, it was just Burke, Willie Collistein, James Johnson, and, you know, off the bench, and Trey Burke. Heck of a game for him, twenty two points. And Josh Green only played the first six minutes of the third quarter, and then basically never played again. I think he played fifty seconds after that. So he really shortened up the rotation. Was this his best that. game? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, th- this is definitely something I want to talk about. I think so. Josh Green, eight points, six boards, three assists. He uh, was plus three on the night. He missed the one three he took, but he was cutting. He was getting on loose balls. Like he was doing stuff. It, it's, it was going to take him a while, right? He's a guy that, you know, as a rookie coming into the league, he's not a guy you put the ball in his hands and he he's Lamelo, right? Where he can just fit in anywhere. He's going to, no matter what, he can just play basketball. He has to fit into a system. And so it's going to take him a while to figure out that system. And hopefully his shot comes around. And if it does, the Mavericks have a really, really good player on their hands. And so, it was going to take him a little bit, especially with the shortened off season, especially with shortened training camp yeah. and limited training camp. And now he hasn't even had practices because the Mavs practice facility has been closed. And so there's all kinds of stuff going against him. He's finally starting to get his, his, his rhythm. And I think the game is finally starting to slow down for him a little bit. We're starting to see him do stuff. He had the most impressive shot of the game. His little turnaround Dirk fade in the corner oh, yeah. was incredible. We both tweeted out the exact same time, almost had the exact same caption because it was just a play that we both were kind of shocked at. Uh, Josh Green didn't know he had it in him, but his little turnaround Dirk fade that was impressive. It was smooth, like it wasn't a. It was in rhythm. Like That's a, what I said on the broadcast. Yeah, it wasn't a last resort type thing, and you know, it, it was actually like a move that it felt like he'd practiced, and that, that's the thing. It's like for a rookie. You know, they're going to be rusty, especially this year. They're going to be rusty and like knowing the playbook and, you know, the system and all of that. So what's the way for you to get minutes and to earn respect on the team? You just hustle your butt off. And that's what that's what he's doing. The dude has unlimited energy, both offensively and defensively, because the I feel like the dude just never stops moving. And yeah. he's the most annoying dude to <laughs> to play pickup ball with. Like you never want to guard, to guard him and yeah. pick up ball, and you never want him to guard you because he's the guy when you're checking the ball up. You're like, dang it, can you just back off? Can you just not be up in my grill? And then on when his team has the ball, I'm just saying, can you just stop running? I just don't want to chase you everywhere because he he is an incredible cutter. I I he he knows the lanes and he knows where to go. And Luca hits him so. He's earning his minutes. He's still raw. He still has some polishing to do, but uh, I liked his game tonight. Yeah, yeah, he, this was his best game, even though for some reason Carlisle pulled the – he decided to pull the rookie card and he didn't play in the rest of the game. But he wanted to shorten up that rotation, and he did. Uh, your boy James Johnson had had a pretty good game too. Six points, six boards, a couple of assists, two blocks. Uh, the Mavericks blocked four threes in this game by my count. Willie blocked a couple. That, James Johnson weird. blocked a couple. Just a weird, weird night for that. Uh, James Johnson had his one really bad play, which he uh, he gave He's up going to. gave up that live ball turnover, and then in the other end he just completely let up a layup. It was a one on two. There was one pacer and two Mavericks, and they let up a, a layup in transition. But uh, other than that, I thought his game was was pretty solid. He's you know still proven to be you know a good off the bench guy. And then we haven't talked about Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway, right? Those guys were 
one of the reasons why the Mavericks won. If those guys aren't solid, then they don't win this game, right? The, Tim Hardaway finally hits a shot. He was on a streak of like one for yeah. 12 or something. He was, he was 0 of 12 in the last game. And then he started this game like one of eight or something like that, or, you know, something crazy. And uh, he finishes 6 of 13 from the field, 19 points, three boards, two assists. Trey Burke, 22 points off the bench. He was four of eight from three. Like when those guys are shooting and they're playing, you know, loose, that that is, it's kind of weird. They're they're so different. When Trey Burke plays loose, he plays better. When Tim Hardaway Jr. plays more stiff, he plays better. When Tim Hardaway Jr.'s role is more condensed, but when Trey Burke is allowed to play loose and dribble around a little bit and pull up jumpers, they're so different players in that sense. But it was working for him in both ways today. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, just trying to do quick math here. Nineteen from Tim, nineteen from Brunson, twenty-two from Burke. That's yeah, what Brunson sixty too, points. I put in there, yeah, yeah, sixty points between you know those three. That's huge. That's big time for a Mavericks team that we're searching for these guys that can you know put up fifteen to twenty points outside of Luca and KP. The Mavericks finally got to take advantage of a team that was as shorthanded as the Mavericks. <laughs> this is basically yes. what happened. For sure, you know, and that that second half, there was some big moments. You know, Jalen had had a stretch there where he had a couple of consecutive buckets. Uh, Tim had a good fourth quarter. You know, he finished three of six uh, from three, but they they took advantage of that. There was a run there to where when Luca checked out of the game, I think they had a one or two point lead, and then when Luca checked back into the game, they had like a ten point lead. That's been huge to take advantage of the minutes when Luca's off the floor because I think we talked about this on the last pod, but. This season so far, the net rating with Luca off the floor is a minus five. And yeah. you know, last year, you know, when Luca's off the floor, it was a positive. It was like a plus four, plus five, somewhere through there. It's like that's what you want to get to. They're not there yet this season. So when he, you know, stepped out the floor there in that second half, that fourth quarter, and they not only held their ground but they increased the lead. That that was a, a big sign. They they got to keep doing that. It's Porzingis, right? Porzingis, when Porzingis yeah. plays, he's he was playing in that second unit last year, and they were able to, to go to him. They had, you know, Berea that would play with him, or they had, you know, uh, Brunson that would work well with him off the bench, and they had some guys that would would work well with Porzingis off the bench. He's he's the real key to their scoring, I think, because he spreads the floor. That's when he would play the five a little bit more. Is when he's coming off the bench, so that's huge for them. Willie Colley Stein, can, can can you dunk it, my guy? Like, I I I don't understand. You got to start tracking that, like you do, I, Dwight. I should. Right? Hit, I, I should start face. looking through because how many times does he lay up the ball and then <laughs> instead of dunk it, right? And then how many times does he try to dunk it and misses a dunk? It's like he doesn't I was have to say. Do you blame him for trying to do layups if he's missing? I know it's it's like he's stuck in this this weird. He, Neither is working right? because he missed yes. layups in this game and he also misses dunks because when he dunks, he tries for those huge highlight, like rim shattering dunks. And he misses those a lot of times because they're contested instead of just going for the layup on those, like going, you know, the reverse or around somebody. And then when he has an open rim, he goes for a layup instead of dunking it. And then he misses those sometimes because he's going too fast or whatever. Strange to me. I mean, he's four of nine. This game, he should not have been four of nine from the field. But you know what he got though? He got that championship belt. How how have we not talked about the belt yet? All right. So after the game, Rick Carlisle, not prompted, right? Like not even brought up by a reporter. Which you know that it's notable if he brings something up like this unprompted. The Mavericks have now decided that they are going to award a championship belt type thing. So like a WWE, you know, championship type belt 
to the defensive player of the game. Every game after wins, he said. Not after losses. They won't give it. But after wins. College football's been doing this for a bit, too. College so. football's been doing this. That the uh, you know, Ryland Styles mentioned that the uh, the the Miami Hurricanes had that that turnover um chain. Chain. It was a chain, yeah, because teams have had sticks, they've had buckets they've had all kinds of weird stuff that they've used and so the mavericks now have this this belt uh all the reporters texted a mavs pr person or willie himself and they all got the same photo which is funny to me they all texted they all tweeted at the same time but i think uh, i think that was rick sending it to his group (laughs) he probably did the dallas morning news guys and espn guys all got it and uh there's a great picture of willie and uh zoom in on his shirt if you have time to do it but this is a like this isn't just one that they just picked up at like a party city or something. They, they put some time into this cause it is, yeah. it's like has Mavericks logos on it and it says defensive player of the game on it with like a basketball with wings. And then has the Mavericks logo with the hat and the Mavericks logo with the horse. And so they are really committing to this. And I think this is great. They want to keep a defensive identity. They're trying to think of ways that they can keep a defensive identity during the season and not just make it another year where it's, well, we talked about it all in training camp and then they forgot about it six months later and they just became an offense first team and no defense. And I think this is great. I mean, you might as well try it. And it got a lot of recognition in this game. I think this is a Mosley thing. I don't know for sure. <laughs> or Daryl uh, Armstrong. Daryl Armstrong has the bell in practice. We've talked yeah. about the bell before where the guys go around and shoot threes, and if they make all of them around, around the horn, like 10 around the horn. It's like 20 out of 25. Yeah, 20 out of 20. Yeah, right, right. 20 out of 25, they go they go both ways, and then he rings the bell and all that. So, yeah, it's either it's either Daryl Armstrong or Jamal Mosley. That, that's my guess. I say Mosley because I know Mosley does some, like, jujitsu uh kickboxing training stuff uh oh so, you're putting the martial arts and wrestling connection i don't know if i'm I just do saying that. he could he could just have like i See, don't I'm know putting the prop was, connection you have da is the one that has the bell he was a, a defensive guy last year and all this stuff so i don't know I, i'm sure we'll get to the bottom somebody yeah. will write a story on it over the next I few think days Eddie's but, probably he asked a bunch of questions about it so but it was really cool. I, I think it's really cool, and it's cool that Willie got that, and uh, it'll be a fun thing for fans to track too. And we'll all be guessing, you know, and wins like who gets the belt tonight. We'll be doing polls and stuff on Twitter and all of that. So uh, I, it'll be a lot of fun. I, you know, the players probably like it too. The deep hog of the night, defensive player of the game, Willie. We got to track it. I'm going to track deep hog every every game that the Mavs win. So. We'll keep track of that. Willie won it, and he won it for his rim protection. He blocked that three in the corner. That was a, a great play. He had the dunk on the other end, led to a transition bucket. So, Willie Colley Stein is defensive player of the game for the Mavericks. Anything else? One more thing, King? Uh, I'll just say this. they uh, The Mavericks going into this game averaged 22 assists uh, a game. In this game, they had 32. And Huge. I think it's just a testament to the to the ball movement in this game. I think it's a testament to Luka. And uh, saying, "Hey, I'm going to pass the ball a little bit more," and uh, I just, Contagious. yeah, I think it's one of the one of the best games uh, of the year so far for the Mavericks. And I know Indiana was shorthanded and all of that, but now uh, they uh, Clippers game was the best game, but well, yeah, one of the best games I think just all around, you know, for a lot of guys and stuff. But San Antonio coming up on Friday night, have a doubleheader game on Friday and game on Saturday, so. Uh, getting a lot of locked on mavericks pods oh baby lots of locked on mavs make sure you subscribe if not guys thanks so much for listening locked on mavs peace out boom double team on luca once again a bea beautiful pass